0: So whether you're homeschool or private school or charter school or public school, it takes a community effort to raise our children and so stay engaged with your community in creative ways and uh, don't take the burden of educating your kids all alone.
1: Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the PASS Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So, our next guests um, for our special girls who lead Summit Learning Unboxed are Madison and Edwin Gibb. Hello, welcome. Good morning. And so Madison and Edwin are daughter and father. And Madison works for a, a local company that does amazing things in our community called Donato's. And um, they are here today because Madison is actually one of our roundtable discussants um, here to um, mentor and share her story um, with girls, with Girls Who Lead Summit. And her father surprised her this week. morning by showing up at the summit to see what it was all about and so we love that story so (laughs) welcome to the two of you thank you So Madison, um, very quickly, so that folks um, who are not from the local area uh, know, tell us what Donato's is. What what is this company and what is
2: it that you do there? So Donato's is a pizza company uh, founded by Jim Grody, who uh, grew up on the south side of Columbus. In 1963, he founded it. So um, we do a lot in the community because that's where we're from. Um, and we have a lot of association with Reeve Avenue Center as well, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit organization that uh, I think every one of us um, pours our heart into it. Donato's. Yeah. It's an amazing space. Yeah. 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 It yeah. does great things. So we have 53 stores in the Columbus market and um, about 170. Um, overall, including our franchise. And what is it that you do at Donato's? So I am the culture and recruitment specialist, which means that I help oversee the staffing at each of our stores, um, franchise and in the market. And I also um, work with our hiring managers at the home office
1: uh, and our bakery warehouse. <laughs> what I love about that in particular, uh, very near and dear uh, to me, in particular as an anthropologist, I love the fact... That you, your job leads with culture in yes. your company, and um, and how incredibly important it is that you have a positive culture within a company. Absolutely, that translates back into a community, into your families. Mm-hmm. It, it means that it's it's the all inclusiveness, absolutely it's of a life and of work, work. Right? Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, so, Edwin. Obviously, you're incredibly proud of Madison, Uh and how could you not be? Uh (laughs) So, so talk to us a little bit about Madison's journey to be a leader in her community. I mean, as 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 the dad, what do you do to make sure that Madison can make that journey?
3: I've had the pleasure of watching her uh, grow and aspire to be the best you could be. I, I remember an experience uh, where uh, she uh, put her heart and soul into a project and she does that. And uh, she didn't get a, what she considered a fair shot. And I had to tell her, I said, well, you know, you did the best you could. That's all you could do. And uh, she just went from there and she just blossomed in. Try to keep her busy. <laughs> you uh, made me to read. Busy, <laughs> he
1: made you read. You know, I love
3: I, to read. Actually, <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. I always punished her by saying, go get a book and read. You know? And even when she couldn't read, you know, she sat there and was would just verbalize. you know, and I said, this, this girl's got to give. She's very uh, astute in what she does. And I... I love it at depth, so <laughs> we can go on and on.
1: So, Madison, tell us a little bit about your version of your journey, right? So one of the things that young women always want to know as they're trying to figure out sort of where and what is, and, and certainly for us, it's a key thing. We don't ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. We instead ask kids, what's your passion? Yes. What do you love? Because we desperately want folks to find that sooner rather than later if possible, but recognizing that everybody will get there in their own time. But to say, you can find ways to take that. That love and that passion and turn it into a career so that you have that amazing work life, love balance. But, right. but it's hard. Yes. Circumstances often make that hard. And so Madison tell us a little bit about your journey to get into this place where you get to, 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 to lead culture yeah. in your company. Yeah. Well, connection
2: is really important to me facilitating connection and um, connection Really, so I grew up in Columbus City Schools Mm -hmm. and I grew up, I would say, uh, you know, working class. And so I really wanted to be able to be a voice for a group of people that may not have a voice. And so it was really important for me to uh, succeed in what I do to be uh, one of the voices that lifts others. And so my journey started there and I went to uh, my mm-hmm. state of the school at oh. Fort Hayes uh-huh. and for music, that was my first avenue into okay. connection and um, learning what that could do. Uh, and then I went into creative writing at OSU and learning what, connection through books mm-hmm. and language was really important. And then that transformed into recruiting, which really is about connecting people with their passions. It is. Absolutely. So uh, I'm really lucky lucky to be able to work with the NATO's um, because I get to meet with so many people, learn about what they're passionate about, and see how we can help them on their journey. That's really, that's really important to me to be able to sort of understand them and then create for them, um, a position that works for them.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's so absolutely critical, right? Mm-hmm. You know, f- to help people grow and helping people grow is not a simple thing to do. No, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Not I think about all. that all the time. And leading is tough. Absolutely. Leading is not easy. and, 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 it's not natural for everybody. There are some folks who are just absolute natural-born leaders, but most of us have to work at it a little bit sort of in, in, in this world. So, so Edwin, when you, when you watch Madison and her journey through school, we spend an awful lot of time on this program talking about the sort of K-12 space because it sets the stage for everything else in many, many ways, right? So, you know, we spend a lot of time in school. And away from our families, so there's no question that that school time is a critical a foundational piece in who we grew up to be so as madison was you know in the school journey were there things that you saw that were either great moments of joy that were happening for her during that journey in school or things that were a great concern to you because i think they're both are very valid
3: yes uh she uh she just reaches for the for the stars you know she puts her heart and soul into things and that is uh that's unteachable actually right. you know, that's uh, an inner mm-hmm. uh, uh position there she she is a, a very capable person i i i don't feel uh, uh that i have to intervene in anything she does uh which is great you know i like to, for her to be her own person I don't want to lay out a, a roadmap for her and then act like I'm disappointed because she didn't follow the roadmap. She she is a uh, um, she is a leader, mm-hmm. um, uh, and I uh, if if I was a young lady, I would want to uh, have her as uh, one of my role models mm-hmm. she, because uh, <laughs> again, I, I, I I'm a little. Uh, um, you're not biased, no, oh, no, <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, I'm a little biased. No, I, 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 little, but uh, I, knowing her, she puts her heart and soul into things, and uh, I know she 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 puts in the work. She puts in the work. So I I would uh, I am so proud of her, you know, because of that. It's gonna make me cry. Yeah, uh, oh, that's, okay.
2: <laughs> that's okay. So. I wanted to say so. When I was younger, uh, I wasn't diagnosed with uh, attention deficit disorder, but um, I was only diagnosed in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, on here I'm 32. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was uh, later diagnosed, but I'm sure that, and I not not that it affected my performance mm-hmm. in school. I had was lucky to have two supportive parents who were able to guide me mm-hmm. and provide the resources that I needed, but it definitely was a struggle in terms of like coming home and doing homework. Oh, and yeah. I oh, was yeah. great in the classroom and I was great uh, with my teacher and my other mm. fellow students, but I couldn't seem to, do the homework yeah um yeah. so it was a struggle it was a struggle i have two of those at home so how oh, do you yeah. i totally totally understand yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. i didn't understand right why it was a struggle right. and um how i learned mm-hmm. so being able to uh have those resources and opportunities and that mentorship mm-hmm. and that support is is really important mm-hmm. um and uh, past foundation, you, you
1: provide that. So, yeah, we yeah. appreciate that. Do you do you have a sense? Because I think that's an interesting thing um, for you to talk about the fact that you were not diagnosed while you were in school at a right. time when it can be really helpful. And um, I I can share that I totally understand that I am horrifically dyslexic. <laughs> Had no idea I was diagnosed at almost forty years old. Oh, wow. And I was diagnosed when they diagnosed my son, my youngest son, in the second grade, and we figured it out because not only is dyslexia quasi inherited, it's it's a, a a learning style that you pass um, to some extent, um, but that I I recognized everything that he was doing, and so I understood what was happening. And they're like, wait a minute. Who, when did you get tested? Like, well, I was never tested, right? And so I do understand that struggle in school because for me, I struggled mightily in many ways, but obviously- bright women that we are right we found ways to overcome even in that moment so although right. it wasn't easy we still excelled right. in part because you in right, and, and part because you're capable but we also are very adaptable as kids yes. and then when you have supportive yes. home environments which yes. clearly you did I did as well you're still able to overcome but at the end of the day it makes you wonder right and right. so I see the advantages for example that my son has because he was diagnosed in second grade as ADHD, mm-hmm. um, and dyslexic. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to toss all these resources at him. So his journey wouldn't be quite so hard. Mm-hmm. And so do you have a sense I mean, how did you slip through the cracks? We, people ask that all the time. And part yeah. of it is our amazing adaptability. We yeah. hide it well, right? Yeah. So, Dad, did you realize that she had the struggle as she was going through? Or what? did you just think of it as typical kid doesn't want to do their homework kind of thing? And it's not a criticism, it's just a recognition that it's so hard to figure it out. Yeah.
3: Well, at one point, uh, we had a talk. <laughs> uh, and it was probably, uh, one of the better talks I've ever had with anyone on this planet and uh, she took it to heart what I was saying uh, and uh, I saw the change
2: did you notice when, did you did you ever notice that I was you know crying at the kitchen table do you remember that
1: doing a homework? I, I,
2: yeah.
3: I did, yeah I did but I thought maybe your clothes were just too tight. Or uh, you know what could have uh, been the problem? I yeah. I, I mm-hmm. never uh, thought about, and so I thought, that, yeah. Uh, well, you know, as, as a parent, you know, you're always thinking you're doing the best oh, you can. yeah. yeah. And, uh, so you know, what if you Mom to, know? What if you got to be crying mm-hmm. about? Yeah, trying? right. But uh, it. Uh, I had to have a talk because she was running with the wrong crowd at one time, uh. and. Uh, <laughs>
1: Do you remember this talk?
3: No. <laughs> oh, if, I, if I say a few words, she will remember you know? um, But But uh, I was her. Her grades were suffering mm-hmm. because of. Now you know what I'm talking about. But it was also her, her, because her, her grades were suffering wow. because, and I knew she was much better than than what she was putting out. But the outcome was, and since that day straight A's, mm-hmm. you know, straight A's. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I, I credit myself. Uh-huh, we know. But, uh, as I stated before, she put in the yeah. work. She puts in the work and I'm so proud of her.
1: Yeah. So Madison, what, what message do you have for the young girls that are here or even the young girls who are not here, but who will be at the next one? Cause we will continue to do this with all due diligence because it's it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. What, what
2: is your, what's your message for them? Yeah. Uh, I think that embrace your difference can be a platitude that falls on deaf ears because mm-hmm. we've been told it so often. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to reiterate it because I think that being, having the support that you provide and um, hopefully that they get, you can really have the, you have this opportunity to really fine tune who you are and understand who you are. And so I, I think that um, to not be afraid of your difference, mm-hmm. um, uh, to persevere, to find, um, to talk about it, you know, I think that would be it. Uh, talking about it is a way to connect mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. and that is probably uh, the message I'd like to leave is is to talk about your difference to be proud of your difference to show it um, because you are inspiring other people um, to do so
1: mm-hmm. and that's huge Yeah, that's huge yeah. yeah absolutely thank you so very much to so you for giving you. us time today thanks so we're welcoming our next guest from the Girls Who Lead Summit um, here on Learning Unboxed. And so joining us now, um, I have a mother and daughter duo. Uh, we're very excited about that. And so joining us are um, Sadie and Kristen Bucknett.
4: So welcome. Hi. Hello. So, so, Sadie, I want to talk with you. Tell us how old you are and where you go to school. Um, I'm 10 years old, and I go to school at Edison, which is in Grandview Heights. And, and Kristen,
1: you are also in education. You're not just uh, Sadie's mom.
5: So, where are you? Um, I'm a school library media specialist at Tremont Elementary in
1: Upper Arlington. So uh, we're excited to have you both. So Sadie, why were you so
4: excited to um, be part of the Girls Who Lead Summit? Um, be it uh, because me and my friends uh, we decided to make like a feminist group we made a newspaper about it and we sold it in DC and we didn't really get a lot of people because we had only a certain amount of copies but um we sort of maybe wanted to um, expand it like we're going to we're still figuring out how to make a second one since transitioning from fourth grade to fifth grade yeah is hard but we are just trying to trying to make more issues. Wow, That's an amazing thing. Was this a school project or something you guys just took on on, on your own? Um, it was just something one day at recess we were just talking about. Um, and then we spent a lot of time figuring out the name and then figuring it out. And then we asked one of my fourth grade teachers. And then we figured out times to meet because sometimes she would have uh, lunch duty or recess duty. And we would just come in. We would get our Chromebooks and just start like working on it. And we also had a lot of other groups. Like there's this one group who gave us a presentation about gun violence. There's another one about um, um, moms who have to take care of the the babies. And then they had like a fundraiser about it. Mm -hmm. So we've met with a lot of the groups some groups that's pretty darn awesome sadie yeah. at 10 years old what's the name of this this newspaper uh it's called the feminist gazette wow and we actually we worked on it together and everybody wrote part. and then we are we once that was finished we started like expanding it and trying to get more people so that we could work on more things That's pretty remarkable, Sadie. So, so Kristen,
1: as I mean, you must just be kind of awed by this. I mean, as a mom, insanely proud, I have no doubt, but also living in the world of education, seeing a group of 10 year old girls take this on. So tell us what you think about this. Um, We love it. It just kind of shows the power of having
5: a school environment, that teacher who saw that Sadie and her friends had a passion and made connections for her, you know, supported all the way, would introduce. um, That's kind of how we ended up at the Women's March in Mm -hmm. D.C. last Mm -hmm. year. Obviously, we knew about it, but, you know, she came home one day and said, I want to go and do this. And so we were fortunate to be able to make it work and go. Um, All those groups she had mentioned, the teacher kind of would bring them in. She connected them with someone at the high school. So just kind of the best parts of education where you have a student with an interest and then you just give them the tools they need to to move forward.
1: And that's the key. Mm-hmm. It's just really helping these kiddos find that passion and not squashing it. That's It's an awesome thing to see when it happens. So Sadie, do you think that in, obviously you have a very supportive um, school environment and teacher, and so now you're in the fifth grade, I take it. And so have you been able to carry this project and this passion through with the same sort of success?
4: I mean, we are still trying to figure out how it would work. Going to the teacher's classroom because we would do it during like lunch normally, mm-hmm. and then we would just either stay there until like recess and probably stay in, or in case anybody wanted to go out for recess. And we're gonna we're gonna probably start working on the next uh, Miss Gazette. I'm gonna try to um, tell the group of people, uh, my friends, we should start working on it. And so, is this a is this a print
1: newspaper or a digital newspaper, or how are you thinking about this entire endeavor? And then we're gonna come back and talk about the business side of this in a minute.
4: Well, we printed um, some copies, mm-hmm. and th- we because uh, I don't really know a lot of people's emails, yeah. so we just printed a whole bunch of copies, and then we folded it and stapled it mm-hmm. like the night before, and then me and my brother just handed them out. And, um, At the because, Women's March yeah, in DC, yeah, yeah, because digital it might be harder for digital because if we didn't have like a website for people to go to, yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, no, absolutely, and you know, big events like that, you you have to hand stuff to folks, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as it sounds like a bit of a family endeavor, ultimately, Kristen, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So so how is a family, other than participating, how do you support Sadie's budding passion as a, you know, a a potential journalist, a political rabble rouser, all of those sorts of things. How do you balance those things? Well, I'm fortunate in that I feel kind of
5: uniquely equipped because as a school library media specialist, it's all about making connections to learning. And so it's just Finding you know this book, that website, this mentor, what tools she needs, and I think about you know how I would approach it when it's my students mm-hmm. and just kind of letting them do what they need to do and supporting, but I think it's really important that it is her and her friends driving it um, the second that we come in and try and mm-hmm. take over it's no longer her passion right. is the way she
3: envisions it
1: no, absolutely, and so Sadie, what What happens next? So when you think about what you need, you, Sadie, who's 10 and in the fifth grade and your friends, when you think about what you need to take the Feminist Gazette and do other things with it, and that could be lots of different things that you guys could imagine, what is it that you need from the adults in and around you to help you be successful?
4: Um, well, my mom just, she just recently made this, uh, Facebook page so that we are going to like post Instagram, or Instagram uh-huh. so that we can post about it. And then I have this friend who is like also sort of about like, um, creativity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Her, she and her mom, um, uh, made a book and she put in like a tiny bit about the our like how um we made the feminist club and and stuff like that but maybe i think something that we might need is adults to actually listen. Yeah. Cuz most adults don't really listen to kids. Yeah, that's that's
1: really unfortunate because you guys universally have a lot of ideas. It's one of the things i love about what i get to do every day is i get to be immersed in kids with crazy wicked ideas. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so, mom, when you think about from the school system perspective, because um, you do come to this conversation with a bit of a unique perspective, we are we are making all kinds of needed and necessary shifts right now to sort of reimagine and rethink um, school for the 21st century. But the reality of it is, we can't possibly, as traditional school systems, move fast enough. So, in light of that, what what do you think are you know a couple of things that overall schools could do to be more powerful and meaningful? Right now, there's low-hanging fruit out there that sometimes we don't recognize. Not to put you on the spot with your district, but I really, I'm, just, I'm thinking more globally, more universally. When you think about the work that Sadie and her friends are doing and being supportive is awesome, but are there other things that traditional school settings could do to sort of foster that
0: experience?
5: I think the big opportunity right now as you know, a professional looking at more design thinking in the mainstream classroom setting, uh, we've done some things recently where a kid, um, upon reflecting the story he told was, I built it and then it didn't work for a week. And so just the idea that how often do kids get to fail for a week mm-hmm. and struggle mm-hmm. without needing to move on? So just kind of creating the experiences that can live and they can do all the work they own every step of the process so it's just you know knowing when to offer something and knowing when to to get out of the way and say oh I can't wait to see mm-hmm. how you, what you try next mm-hmm. so some' of it is just that mindset shift that I don't need to know what their goal is right. I just need to know when they you know it's teaching when for them to know when they need help and so some of that like teaching self-advocacy and
1: it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we certainly talk about it here an awful lot. Design thinking is in everything that we do. We certainly advocate for that. Um, so I appreciate that. So Sadie, you know, just really quickly sort of as we think about wrapping up, you know, there's going to be um, a lot of young girls out there, hopefully, who will listen to you talk about the Feminist Gazette. And so if there are other girls out there that want to do
4: something similar to what you did, what, what advice do you have for them? It, try to talk about everything that you think is important about it. But, and if you want to like share stories about famous role models and leaders, we had like a section about some of those people mm-hmm. and then, you could put in, like, like if people feel down, some quotes. Like, mm-hmm. we had this page just with quotes okay. for people. So, sort of, um, you sort of take it a, a step at a time and um, just put in whatever you think you want, whatever you think people should hear. Yeah. And, and Kristen, um, Mom, how...
1: How, you know, for, for parents who are thinking about, wow, you know, it, it's a lot, right? You sort of went out there, this is your kid, very, very young, putting themselves out there in a pretty raw way. In today's society, that, that can be tough, it can be tough on kids, it can be tough in a community. So what, what, what advice do you have for folks who are thinking about something like this?
5: Absolutely. I think you just have to be involved at every step. So we did create a social media presence, which I know that some people have different thoughts about that, but I think you can't teach a skill if you're not in that environment. And so it's an account that is on, you know, on my device and we work things out together and we choose who can see it. And, you know, as a parent who didn't grow up with this Mm -hmm. in my life, it can feel a little bit overwhelming, but just knowing like you have to be in the space to practice the skills. And so how can you safely be? And there are kids out there who are models who can show you know, this
1: is how you post intentionally, or this Mm -hmm. is how you share. Mm -hmm. It's important. Absolutely. So do you feel, um, Sadie, that um, adding a social media component to the Feminist Gazette will help you spread your message? And are you feeling like you're growing in your
4: skills? I think that it would make it probably easier for people to see it. Yeah. Because we if like we hand out some but some people might get it not get it um we can post about it or we can post about like if there's something uh, something that happens we can talk about it and um since not since like there are people who might think there should be change like all over the world we can't really talk to them like face to face unless like we plan it or something mm-hmm. which is hard stuff so like people can see it because like some people really like getting on their like um are on their devices um Mm -hmm. it's also a good way to share so that you can also make sure that it's safe and you can just show everybody what you did and connect with people
1: That is very, very true. And it's a scary, scary world out there in social media for parents. So I applaud um, both of you actually for taking that on um, in that sort of very meaningful way. And I, for one, would very much like to be able to follow the Feminist Gazette on Instagram. So um, hopefully there's a way for people to find it and then to to ask to get to be part of the group. So that's awesome. Um, Congratulations on all your hard work. And I hope that maybe In a few months, we could get an update. I would love for you to come back on the show and tell us what happened with this next edition. So, would you please reach out to me and let me know? Sure. Uh, That would be, I would love to talk with you again. So, thank you for joining us today, Sadie
3: and
6: Kristen. Thank
3: you.
1: So next up on our special on the road episode of Learning Unboxed, we have Sarah and John Rush, uh, father and daughter duo here today uh, to sort of really talk with us about the world of business and entrepreneurship in particular. So I'm pretty darn excited actually about uh, the conversation that they're bringing to our Girls Who Lead Summit. And actually, both of you are round table table hosts, correct? That's right. And so that's pretty darn amazing. So I want to start, Sarah, with you actually. So tell us a little bit about the table topic for
6: today that you're hosting. Um, today we talked about entrepreneurship. We had kind of one-to-one conversation with the people who came. It was kind of smaller, which was nice because we got to talk to them more. It was more detailed and more like personal. Yeah. I think Yeah.
1: So. It's been a very nice, intimate setting this yes. entire event, actually. And so, so Sarah, you are a high school student. Yes, I'm a junior. But you're a homeschool student. Yes. Yeah. So a bit of a different sort of uh, learning yeah. um, opportunity than uh, than some. Although there's an awful lot of kids out there that are homeschooled. So how how is it that as a junior in high school you've come to to be confident uh, enough to to host uh, to be a table host at a roundtable about entrepreneurship? Tell us about that.
6: Honestly, my dad. (laughs) Yeah. So like a couple weeks ago, he said, he texted me, he sent me all of this and he said, Hey, do you want to do it? And I was like, uh, sure. (laughs) Um, so yeah, through that, I was just kind of like... Okay. I guess he kind of gives me the confidence. Yeah. Well, so let's dig in a little bit,
1: Dad. So, John, you own a business. You run an enterprise, so to speak. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do so that we can understand how that translates back down to Sarah showing up here today. Yeah. Thanks
0: thanks for having us. Um, So Clean Turn is a cleaning business. Mm -hmm. We revitalize residential and commercial spaces by providing professional cleaning services. Our vision is that by providing such services, we can change perceptions and shatter the myth that a person's past dictates their future. Right. So um, as Sarah said, she actually worded it that he gives me the confidence. That actually, the goal is to encourage Sarah and the same thing at Clean Turn, all of our team members mm-hmm. to recognize that they have within themselves to be all that they need to be to make this world a better place and so it's kind of encouraging the confidence mm-hmm. that already exists within individuals to achieve great things and so yeah so that's what clean turn does her and i have talked she she wrote extensive notes on her little business called hint of urban and she she showed it to me and when she showed it to me of course i'm like oh wow that's great
1: (laughs) so so sarah tell us about so you've watched dad go down this path and um for all of our listeners major major kudos to clean turn full disclosure at past we love them uh, because we've been partnered with them since we opened the doors at the innovation lab and it's been wonderful and awesome because back to your point, the people, right? Um, So that's been very powerful. But Sarah, so so you've created your own business. So tell us about that. What is it and how did you sort of come to that?
6: So at the start of the year, I was just kind of like, I want to start something where I can use cleansing products that are 100% natural and biodegradable. So like the packaging is recyclable and then the product itself is just natural and friendly to the economy. Mm -hmm. So I talked to my dad about it and then it was not till more of this summer (laughs) that I actually started to... Build the business more, but it's been nice because I'm trying. It's been nice, like balancing, manage, balancing, I guess, the business through sports and school. Mm-hmm. And it's been pretty easy. So,
1: well, I would assume that you're able to use a lot of the work that you're doing to start a business as the mechanisms for what you're learning. In school, so you're you're double dipping. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, right? Because I can see no reason not to. I'll be perfect. You know, full disclosure here, that is awesome. So, so at what point then? So you had the idea to craft this. So, so what's what's happening with it right now? Are you actually producing product? Are you
6: still forming? What what exactly is happening in this business? So right now, I'm starting with I'm selling lip balm. Okay, um, and I sell it in a Biodegradable cardboard tube. Okay. And the product I make at home, just on my stove. And I'm selling through Etsy right now. Okay, so, yeah,
1: yes. excellent.
6: Yeah, and r-
1: tell everybody again what what your company's called. Hint of Urban. Hint of Urban. Yes, I love that. Did you come up with it? Yes. Well, that's pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> um, I think that would appeal to lots of folks. So tell us a little bit about the process because to create a, a product that it, people use, in particular, right, whether it's in our home cleaning or on our bodies there's a lot of stuff you have to do to be able to actually sell products that impact people's lives back to one of the things your dad was saying earlier.
6: So how do you, how did you sort all that out? So a lot of research on like seeing how to balance and just the proportions Mm -hmm. into the, like into the oils that I'm using. But once you kind of get down to it, it's really not hard Um, and since it's all like natural you really only need a few ingredients Um, so actually with my lip balm that I have now I only use coconut oil shea butter beeswax and then essential oils Um, so it's really simple but just like the balancing it on like to make it even was kind of more the I guess harder part Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's really simple now
1: (laughs) it's really simple now (laughs) she's got it down (laughs) So, so Dad, when I mean, obviously you're insanely proud of what your daughter is doing. I mean, no doubt whatsoever. But how how do you as a parent then find the resources? Cause I think that's gonna be one of the questions that folks out ask, right? So you yourself are um, very entrepreneurial, you started a business, but it's 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 not necessarily the same when you're applying that to your to your child and recognizing the things that uh, Sarah needs to be successful. So, where or how do you make sure she has all the the, the component parts?
0: Yeah, this is that's a great question, and it's been a learning process for me as a parent Mm -hmm. when she first introduced the idea to me of course the entrepreneur in me is like great and i'm thinking through the business plan and i'm getting deep into the details and i'm getting super energetic i'm by nature just super energetic and so i'm like here's what we gotta do next you know and i'm getting very intense and and i'm like okay let's go meet some folks and so i start thinking about within my network other female leaders who are entrepreneurs and so one of the folks we met with uh is claire with aunt flo Uh just a remarkable young lady and when we left that meeting (laughs) Sarah was like okay time out then (laughs) um yeah do you want to
1: yeah explain
6: that
0: that, what was
1: the time out moment
6: (laughs) I definitely came out just it was a really great meeting but I definitely came out a little bit like uh whoa this I can't I'm not wanting to do this full like I wanted this to kind of be more on the side so I can do also like my school and like yeah. focus in sports. So coming out was definitely like making sure my dad knew that it was not took a different perspective, like a different way of how I wanted to go about the business for sure. So
1: you wanted this to kind of for right now be a side gig and yes. not your full time thing. So yes, that's actually. a fun conversation with dad over here. who's yeah. like gung-ho, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's extremely important as a, parent to pivot uh, yeah. in that regard. And so, um, and, and it was easy to do once I understood the perspective from which she was coming and what she wanted to do. She wanted to balance school her social life, her soccer with Franklin Heights or swimming with central crossing track and field. Like there's just so many other things in life that she's exploring. Mm-hmm. And so how do I, as a dad support within this pivot her entrepreneurial aspirations, balancing that with the rest of of life and so it's more of a hobby business right now, which is cool that's mm-hmm. great. I can be supportive mm-hmm. of that. but the way in which you do a hobby business and the way you do a business that becomes your livelihood are two two different things uh but both are great experiences and both are great ways to impact the world in a positive way and so it's important as a parent to kind of like just have that perspective so that you're not. Forcing something you want on your kid, but allowing your kid to pursue what they want,
1: right? So. Right. And so, um, Sarah, how do you when you, when you're when you're sitting at that table and, and these young women are coming up to you uh, to have this conversation about entrepreneurship? What what's the message? How do you how do you help these
6: young women? Honestly, I was I'm going to be honest. I was a little bit like. Not sure. But as they started coming up, it was kind of less, I guess, like stressful. It was just kind of like Coleman. I was like, honestly, just being honest with them and telling them what I do, like just kind of laying it out there. Like, this is what I do. I do sports. I do school, but I also love this and I have a passion for this. And I feel like that kind of ended good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I, I, what kind of questions did people ask you? What What was it that they wanted to know? Um, how I started, how I balance it with like everything else. Was it hard? Yeah, yeah, how yeah. How do I sell it? Was one. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: But platforms like Etsy and other things, they they actually make it easier now for entrepreneurs, right? Yes. In ways that it's never been before. So, uh, yeah, that make, makes it nice when you have that kind of product to sell. Yeah. So, so John, what, what about for you? So you were leading a table conversation sort of from the parent side of entrepreneurship. So what kind of questions, what What do people want to know from you?
0: Yeah, I actually had probably less less questions than Sarah did, <laughs> uh-huh. which, is, which was great. And so I, I really just tried to kind of, uh, sneak in just the reminders a parent like listen well empathize well with your uh, son or daughter and just listen you know be intent about listening and then support accordingly right mm-hmm. rather than trying to download your own experiences and aspirations and dreams and what you think would be best like listen and coach accordingly and so uh but keep the coaching hat on and 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 just, yeah. So I think that's important as a parent when we're supporting our kids to give them direction and support, but not be. So this is how you need to do it. Don't know? get too carried away. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think another big piece, the thing that I'm most proud of with Sarah is her aspiration to want to do what she's doing in a way that impacts her community in the world in a positive way i mean that's what i've tried to model as a parent and so i when she was telling me about like when she when you were doing the crochet uh when you were 10 and she was making these little coasters and she was wanting to sell them to support um individuals that are impacted by human trafficking Mm -hmm. like that's at the end of the day it's like great i mean and everywhere I go, when I'm talking to CEOs, I want to do the same thing. Like, right. how do you that's make right. your business impact the world in a better right. place? I right. have your daughter come to you and say, here's how I want to do this to impact the world in a better place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this is really cool.
1: That is. And that's a pretty amazing moment. So, wow. I'm kind of wowed by that, too. <laughs> um, you know, I had no idea how to start a business a million years yeah. ago and never even had the opportunity to explore such ideas. So, I think that it's pretty amazing. So Sarah what what is your one piece of advice um, for young women here who are looking to do something new whether it's to start a business or something else I mean I've had some pretty amazing interviews today um, with folks talking about how hard it is to find people out there. to to be mentors to sort of help you along the way and and how difficult it is to sort of dig through the stuff of life what's your advice to those folks
6: don't overthink it feel like and don't compare yourselves to other people just stay focused on like what you're doing and like how what like what do you want to do like are you passionate about it stay confident in it and don't compare yourselves like okay well they're doing this like you don't have to do that same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what makes you different from everybody else, and just kind of stay within that and don't just don't stress yeah. out about it. Yeah, don't stress out yes, about it. Be you and be
1: confident inside that. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful advice. So, um, so John, um, any sort of last lobs at parents who have a kid who wants to explore these sorts of crazy notions on some level, right? Because until you really dig in, you don't really know what's gonna happen with it. So, But sometimes that's a scary thing to do, especially being brave enough to say, hey, we can even take on all of our child's learning. That's not a small thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. So what what are your words of wisdom to parents sort of in that space?
0: Yeah, I think recognizing that your role as a parent is within the context of community. So whether you're homeschool or private school or charter school or public school, it takes a community effort to raise our children. And so stay engaged with your community in creative ways. And uh, don't take the burden of educating your kids all alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, don't neglect your responsibility as a parent to pour into your child and to leverage the resources in your community to pour into your child. And so that parent uh, child engagement is extremely important. Don't think that uh, the community alone is responsible. It needs to be juxtaposed to the reality that you can't do it alone as a parent, neither. You need the community. Um, and so that, that's, I think, uh, where I would land as a last piece of small advice.
1: <laughs> it's pretty powerful advice. So, um, I think very good advice too. What do you think about that, Sarah? Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Thank you both very much yeah. for being with us. Thank again. you. We appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up Step back and lean in to reimagine education.